When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to Heart Blend Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Christian, and I help others love and discover themselves to reach their highest potential. If you're new here, then welcome. And if you're returning, then hello. I'm so excited to have you here. And today we have a very, very special conversation with a very special person. I hope that you enjoy this wonderful conversation, which I had with the wonderful Raj Gurn. Please enjoy as we dive in more on how to build up your identity and your confidence. Hello, I am here with Raj Gurn, and I'm so, so, so excited to have her here. She is the founder of the Open Chest Confidence Academy, and she has done a multitude of amazing things, spoken to some amazing people. And I'm just so, so grateful to have her here. So welcome, Raj. Thank you so much, Lindsay. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you and your audience. Same here. So I'm just so excited to hear what you're going to share with us today and how we can learn more from you. But if you could just share a little bit about yourself and your background, just so my listeners can get familiar with you. Absolutely. Well, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. I kind of fell into the whole entrepreneurial game um, by default of the fact that I was trying to figure out who I needed to be because my entire upbringing had me be someone that belonged to someone, whether it be to my parents um, or to my husband. I had an arranged marriage. My parents are from India. I was born and brought up in England. So I was kind of reared to be, you know, a wife. Mm-hmm. Um, I so 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 that kind of, you know, it was never on my radar that I would become an entrepreneur, albeit my parents were entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. uh, which is very indicative of um, middle class, you know, South Asians, mm-hmm. especially during the eighties and nineties in England. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you know, uh, long story short, on that, I just felt that when I stumbled across the media um, industry in Toronto, Canada, um, I was always sent on doing the stories of South Asians by default of the fact that, you know, I come from that culture. But whenever I brought the story back to the network, they always changed the story to make it more palatable for kind of a mass mainstream audience. Mm -hmm. And And I found it to be very, you know, fake from my perspective. I felt that I didn't want my name associated with telling stories that were a version of who we are and how we lived, Mm -hmm. especially since all of my life up until that point, I had, you know, struggled with who, you know, who am I as my own personal identity, because I was always who somebody else wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. So, 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 you know, in my infinite wisdom or lack thereof, I decided to start my own media company called Anoki. Um, and Anoki is a Hindi word that means unique mm. or different. Okay. 
And the reason why I decided on that name was because I wanted to create a platform for the dual identity of the ethnicity that I came from. Mm. So I wanted to be in a place where we could be proud of our heritage, but also that we could have a place for our heritage within North American society. So this duality that my um, generation was going through in North America and the confusion of who am I? Am I this culture or am I that culture? Um, I wanted to be able to reduce or eliminate the gap um, that was between the two of them by creating this platform to allow the voices of who we were, um, what we identified with, to be actually showcased and voiced and celebrated. I wanted there to be an ecosystem where all of the misfits, so to speak, could fit mm -hmm. and have a identity. So that's kind of, you know, a little bit on me. Um, during that journey, uh, I wasn't educated in media. I wasn't a journalist by trade. But what happened was that um, by default of not having the knowledge, I ended up accomplishing a lot of things that you typically wouldn't accomplish by default of the fact that I didn't know that I couldn't. Mm. So, you know, my mm -hmm. second cover of, um, you know, Anoki magazine back in the days of print um, was Jennifer Lopez. Wow. And a lot of people, a lot of people came to me and said, Oh my God, like, how did you get Jennifer Lopez on your cover? Yeah. And I says, and I said, well, I didn't know that I couldn't, I didn't know that mm. it was something that was just allowed for Vogue and L and, you know, New York times, etc. I, I didn't, I thought that, Hey, I'm a media company. Why would she say no to being showcased to an entirely different demographic than you know, she typically is exposed to. Mm -hmm. And that's that's how I got a lot of the big personalities and a lot of the kind of multinational brands like L'Oreal, Johnny Walker, you know, Garnier to be involved with a lot of the events, the awards shows, the fashion shows, you know, the magazine, all these different things that we did. Uh, I was able to get them to be involved because I was offering them up um, an, an actual niche um, that they hadn't really tapped into mm -hmm. because it was a niche that didn't really have a media identity that they could recognize until Anoki came along and they saw that, hey, hang on a minute, South Asians are pretty cool. They're into fashion. They're into, you know, lifestyle. You know, they're not that dissimilar to mainstream North American, you know, people. Mm -hmm. So I, so that's, I think, what we were able to accomplish with the media company and again, I became an accidental coach um, thereafter around 2017. And that was basically predicated on the fact that, you know, a lot of executives, entrepreneurs, um, they wanted to help me to teach them to, you know, create brand presence for their personal brands. They wanted me to help them be able to identify their identity and go figure I'd spent all my life trying to figure out what my identity was. Mm -hmm. And here I am being, you know, coaching people to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And and that and that kind of, you know, got to a, a point where I wasn't able to manage, you know, the, the, the client base anymore. So at the end of last year, I decided to start the Open Chess Confidence Academy online so that I was able to, you know, become more accessible to people that truly needed my assistance with, media, marketing, branding, uh, communications, presentation skills, the kind of things that I became really well known for 
by default of the two decades I spent developing the Anoki brand. Wow. I love that story because it's, I love that the whole accidental thing, because it's like, you kind of just fell right into it, but there's also kind of like that hidden factor that maybe you're just going exactly where you were destined to go as well. I really do believe that, uh, Lindsay. I feel that there really are no accidents. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel that every positive, negative, every success, every um, perceived failure is, is, is in your road to help you to accomplish what your soul came on earth to do. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that. Mm-hmm. Yes, same here. Absolutely. And I loved how you talked about identity, because that's actually something I've been uh, recently focused on as well, and how, you know, your identity really does shape your reality. Um, yes. And so could you share a little bit more about that? Just kind of how did you maybe make that shift or make the decision to go from where you maybe didn't feel you had the identity that you wanted to shifting over to the identity that you felt more secure in? It's really um, interesting that you should ask me that because there was a specific point in my life when I was around 32. I'm now 51 when I was around 32, where um, I made the decision to get divorced. Mm -hmm. Um, And at that, and the reason for that was that I had given birth to, you know, my, my son. Mm -hmm. And I realized that all of a sudden, somebody else needed me to have an identity Mm -hmm. to help nurture their journey. Mm -hmm. And I was very petrified at the thought of raising this child without actually even knowing who I was. Mm. So I felt that I went on a parallel journey of raising myself and finding my identity mm-hmm. and raising my son and nurturing him to find his own feet. Um, I feel it, was, it, it really was because of that. I was too scared to fail as a mother to, you know, not allow myself to be uncomfortable enough to go on this journey of figuring out what identity means mm-hmm. um, and what components and criteria of that resonate with who I needed to be, who, who, who my soul's footprint, my yearning, my calling, my angst, you know, needed fulfillment on. Mm-hmm. Because belonging to someone else's identity doesn't fulfill your soul's footprint. It doesn't help you, you know, step into why you came to being on this earth mm-hmm. and, and what your purpose is to, you know, to, to leave the legacy that you're meant to leave. And I truly do believe everybody steps into the human existence to remind themselves of how great, you know, their soul's journey could be if they allow themselves to go through the limitations that being in a body um, takes them on. I know that's a little philosophical, but this is this is kind of, you know, the kind of questions I would ask mm-hmm. myself that helped me finally to tap into meditation and, um, you know, yoga and, you know, reading about a lot of, you know, philosophical ideologies that I wasn't brought up, you know, to be taught. Mm -hmm. And it really opened up my mind. And I think that was the big thing, Lindsay, is that 
um, identity for me, for me to kind of figure out who I needed to be. And by the way, I really like the woman that I've become today. Mm -hmm. I'm very satisfied with the journey that has, you know, brought me to become who I am today. I'm a very happy human being. And I believe it's because I allowed myself to listen to the voice of uncomfort and open my mind to, to, to be able to allow myself to have the courage to open my heart. And it really did happen that way round because I was always afraid to feel what I needed to feel to be the whole person that I wanted to be um, because I was brought up with so many rules that told me that, you know, you need you need to fit within this box in order for you to be accepted mm-hmm. by the culture. Right. And, and I think that that was kind of the hardest thing for me to overcome. And I feel that anyone that comes from any kind of strong cultural background or any kind of limitation, you know, perhaps because, you know, you were brought up to be less than as a woman mm-hmm. or, you know, less than because of your social um, or your economic standing, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things set kind of this limiting beliefs ideology within ourselves, which, you know, either we can find ways and tools and resources to lift us out of that I really believe in mentorship and coaching and to be able to help you through that and therapy to be able to help you through that, mm-hmm. or, or you stay there. These are really the only two choices of life. Yes, absolutely. And that's just, that's so crazy, because I'm literally just been talking so much about this whole topic. So, um, so how long do you feel like it took you to transition? Because I know that, you know, when we're going through changing to something that we want to become, it does take time for us to kind of detach ourselves and let go of ourselves from like our previous former belief system and all those things. So do you know, like, maybe just how long it took you to kind of transition or were you just not even aware of it? You're just like, I'm me now. And this is it. <laughs> you know, um, actually the transition for me, and I, I believe I'm still on the journey mm-hmm. of transitioning mm-hmm. because um, the more I learn about myself, the more I realize I don't know. Yes. Um, and and it's funny because when I did when when I when I didn't know myself, I thought I knew everything. Right. So it's it's quite the dichotomy. But I believe that I, it took me about seven years, which is a long time. I know it took me seven years to go from the person that belonged to others to the person that belongs to myself. Wow. And then, and that's the ground zero from which I created my identity. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you know what? Sometimes it takes that long, but you know, the time is going to pass anyway. And so why not take advantage of that time and, and become the person you want to become within the time that's passing anyway, you know? Absolutely agreed with you. And that's the fundamental thing that I feel a lot of people lose sight of Mm -hmm. is that your time is going by anyway. Mm -hmm. So what you choose to do within that time, um, you can either choose to be uncomfortable and allow that uncomfort to help you kind of come out of this cocoon Mm -hmm. that, you know, you've been either by others or by yourself that you've created or somebody has given to you that you've been taught to be this way. Or or you can like really take a deep breath and say, you know, 
the worst place I can be is where I already am. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and trust that if you put the work in and you reach out to the right people for guidance and support, because you can't do this on your own, Lindsay, mm -hmm. that's the other thing. You know, a lot of people think that all of a sudden they're just going to go and chrysalis and become this, you know, <laughs> this butterfly and, and fly away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I don't think that you can do that without help. I, I honestly feel that the strongest people are the ones that allow themselves to be vulnerable long enough mm -hmm. to ask for the help that they need to be able to get to where they need to get to. And I am perpetually on that journey myself. I, you know, I believe that there'll always be someone that is a step or two ahead of me in any facet of growth that I'm looking to accomplish. Oh yeah. And I, and I look for them. I look for them, Lindsay. I, 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 I search for them. I, I want to know what they know because I don't know it. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing, you know, we are sponges. And so like what we see and every interaction we have, every person we speak to, it, it's almost like it's programming you. And so if you're not surrounded by those that emulate what you aspire to be, you're, you're only going to go backwards, you know, if, if you're around the wrong environment. So it's very, very important to have that support and encouragement and someone that's on the other side that is, you know, someone that you can look up to and say, like, what are you doing differently? You know? Right. Mm -hmm. 100%. Absolutely. And so just to shift a little bit, um, I know that you have built your confidence over time. What would you, what kind of advice would you share with someone just looking to learn how to start building their confidence from nowhere? You know, I think that the um, first thing is that you need to educate yourself. Like knowledge is everything. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, um, you need to know why you don't have confidence. Mm -hmm. I, I feel, and again, this could be something that you do um, within yourself, mm -hmm. or this could be something that you acquire assistance with. But whichever way you go, you need to first start with why, you know, where is this lack of confidence coming from? Mm -hmm. Is it something? Is it something that I've always known myself to be? Or was there a point in my life, um, an incident, uh, um, an experience that shifted things for me? and Put me in this place where I lost my confidence mm -hmm. because there's two there's two different ways that we kind of uh, um, you know look at not having confidence mm -hmm. either uh, either it's something we just never had mm -hmm. or or an incident took us there mm -hmm. and so I feel that that's the first thing that you need to um, establish and then the second thing is um, I feel and, and I'm a list person right mm -hmm. I I'm, I create lists about everything in my life and it's the only way when I write it down I know that. I've done it. Mm -hmm. So the next exercise that I recommend people do is make a list of all the things that not having confidence is stopping them from accomplishing. Mm -hmm. And um, what are the motivating factors that you need in order to do the work that needs to be done to create the confidence that you need to create to be able to step into the things that you want from your life without thinking about how you're going to get there, like who's going to help you, how are you going to accomplish it, what are the methodologies. I think that you really need to step into, you know, finding 
what the motivating factor is to want to even start on that journey to rediscover or to discover, depending on where you came from, Mm -hmm. um, what confidence is. So, So like anything in life, Lindsay, and people are always looking for kind of this magic pill. Mm-hmm. And, and there isn't one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is a methodology. Correct. It's, it's methodology, um, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Like step one, okay, we do this. Okay, we've done that. Now step two, we move into this area. It's, it's kind of, and I say this all the time, a baby needs nine months in a mother's stomach mm-hmm. to be able to go from nothing to life, right. to be something that can be born right? You need the time to do the work. Mm -hmm. You need to find the resources. And sometimes we don't know what these are, right? That's the other thing that, you know, a lot of my clients um, say to me, they say, I don't have confidence, but I have no idea why that is, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, so, so then that's the starting point, right? That's where you start. So I think that the, the biggest takeaway that I would say to anyone out there is, um, understand why you don't have confidence is it something that you've always known yourself to not have Mm -hmm. or was there a time and place where it occurred for you and then what are all the things that you're not able to accomplish because of this and what are all the things that you want to accomplish if you had it Mm -hmm. who can help you like find find one person that has confidence that is in your ecosystem that you can sit down and have a conversation with. Try and understand what confidence actually is. Mm -hmm. Like, What is it from other people's perspective? There is copious amounts of readings and people in your life that you can tap into to understand what, you know, defines confidence. And what you'll discover is confidence is predicated on multiple different factors depending on what it is that you're looking to accomplish from it. What's your intended outcome from having confidence? Mm-hmm. Because that will take you on the right journey. Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Just why one, you know, like what are you, what result are you looking for? Why? And, and just mm-hmm. answering why you want the confidence or the new reality or new identity that you're searching for to motivate you during those times when, you know, you're stressed out and things happen and you're like, oh, forget it. (laughs) You kind of slip back into your old ways. And so I think that's so important is to know why, um, why you lack confidence or why you want more confidence. So very solid. You know, it's interesting you just said that, Lindsay, because, um, you know, we look at concepts like, you know, confidence and lack of confidence mm-hmm. and, men, men, and, and, and many other, you know, and many other concepts like this where, you know, a person either has it or they don't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to also look at the fact that there are different types of confidence. There's the ego-centric confidence. Yep. There's the purpose-driven confidence. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure, and then so many other, you know, variables of that, you have to make sure that you are very, very clear on what the definition of confidence is that you need to serve you to your intended goal. Mm. That's very important because you can go down a rabbit hole that takes you somewhere you don't want to mm-hmm. be, right? Now, on the flip side of that, Lindsay, is the, is the idea, you, not everybody needs to have confidence in order to do 
the things they need to do. Mm -hmm. There could be other things um, in their, you know, in their, you know, what, 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 what can I call it? In their makeup bag, their cosmetic bag of tools, <laughs> right, right? right? There could be other things that can help them go on the journey they need to go on. So here's the thing. If people are looking at confidence and saying, okay, so I need confidence because I need to accomplish this. Mm -hmm. Are there other criteria that you already have that can also take you there that are a lot simpler and a lot less work that you can tap into. So don't just think that because this is a pop cultural term that everyone feels they need to have confidence, mm -hmm. that it is the only route to nirvana. Mm -hmm. There are other ways of getting to where you need to get to. And sometimes we spend all our lives, and I've seen this, I've had clients that are in their 60s, and you know, one that was 68, who were still trying to figure out the idea behind confidence. Mm. And when we tapped into kind of her toolbox, her cosmetics back of bag of um, you know, tools, we realized that there were so many other things that she had that could take her to where she thought confidence was the only thing that could take her to. Mm. So so I feel that is really important to understand as well is be clear and don't make it so hard um, on yourself. You don't have to solve everything. You just got to find what you've already got sometimes that can take you where you need to go. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be as hard as you think. But having said that, there is nothing more exhilarating and empowering than feeling that you have tapped into your greatest and highest version of confidence. There is nothing greater than that because it helps you to accomplish a lot of things that fear cannot stop you from accomplishing. Mm. And that's the thing about confidence. Confidence is something that can surpass the fears that you have and the limiting beliefs that you have that stop you from getting to where you want to get to. So there is that other factor. So long story on this, so that we're not making it complicated, <laughs> is that I, I think that you really need to understand when you're looking at terms like confidence and all these other you know, concepts that we, we are all talking about today in society, mm -hmm. understand, understand why you want it. Understand why you need it. Exactly. And, 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 and look to see if there are other things you already have that can help you get what you think confidence is the only thing that can get you there. Mm -hmm. Don't make your life so hard if you don't need to. Exactly. And for me, I just view confidence as just trusting yourself. You know, really true confidence is just just trusting and having that security within yourself. Um, and sometimes we make it so much bigger than what it is, is like you have to like step into this room and, you know, have your chest puffed up. But, you know, it's really just just trusting yourself and and finding out the reasons of what caused you to doubt, you know, your decisions in the first place. And and I really agree with you there, Lindsay, because oftentimes, you know, um concepts like confidence are considered to be very male centric mm -hmm. um criteria when, you know, if 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 that's what confidence is and if you look at the world that the male um ego has created mm -hmm. and the infrastructure that doesn't serve women, and right. I'm gonna get um I'm going to get um, you know, very feministic nope, um, you know yeah. at the at, at this point but honestly 
I'd really feel women with their nurturing characteristics and their feminine version of what confidence is mm -hmm. could have done a much better job than what the male ego has done. <laughs> I really, I really do. Yeah, I, I think, and, and that's something else that I, I talked about um, for masculine energy. It's like, um, we have like the masculine wounding. Um, and I think also a lot yes. of it comes from this belief of superiority. And so if you have this belief that you're superior, then anything that challenges that you are, it's almost like you kind of self-destruct, but you also cause harm to try to justify that you have power in, in such a way. And so um, while women are capable of this as well I think that it just becomes more common for men to have this because there's that mm -hmm. that um, consistent belief that they're um, it's more male dominated so it's more that men are more superior it's just a belief that's been ingrained when it's not it's not true it's just the belief that's that's there and it makes it the reality of what it is and so so I agree <laughs> but I know there's also cultures where you know the feminine energy is is like the goddess energy and it's the most powerful it's just unfortunately it's not as widely you know respected you know and it's interesting because if you look at all the religions of this world, mm -hmm. m most of the um, scriptures are written by men. Yeah, they're not written by women. Right. So it's almost like it 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 gives men the permission to, you know, orchestrate that God has made them superior to women mm -hmm. because because our scriptures in every single country states that to be the case. And it's very interesting because in Hinduism. Um, you know, there's there's a, always this talk of the yin and yang energy. There's always this talk about, you know, the sun and the moon mm -hmm, energy mm -hmm. and the, the masculine and the feminine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the moon can't exist without the sun and the sun can't exist without exactly. the moon. So why? So, so how is it possible that one is superior to the other? Correct. Right. Like log, log, logical mind knows better, mm -hmm. but but the cultural conditioning mm -hmm is very powerful through religion and through politics mm -hmm. and through and through societal, you know, cultural um, you know, concepts that the last two thousand years have really embedded and imprinted in the fabric of our DNA. Mm -hmm. And and that's what we need to change. That's what the divine feminine, you know, people like you, Lindsay, people like me, have to step up and not try and create a place where we're trying to say that we are better than men because then how are we really better than men? Because men have been doing that for centuries, right? right? right. We, we, we just have to create a place that is an ecosystem for every living thing. Mm -hmm. And and that's what define uh, divine feminine energy is all about. And that's what mother earth is, you know, trying to tell us with this, you know, this standstill that she's had us all on this last year with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we have to listen to what's happening in the energy of the universe because, you know, the, it, it is the male and it's the male, it's the negative male ego yes. that is, that has created um, the traumas mm -hmm. that we are all experiencing and the reverberation of that from thousands of years of, you know, creating society based on, 
the male-only opinion. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep, absolutely. And it's global, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm glad that there is some awareness that's that's coming to surface. I know there's a lot more work to be done, but at least, you know, we're starting and I'm seeing it more and more, like come up more and more. And I think that's also, you know, the power of the internet. It makes our world smaller. So yes. where before, you know, there's all of these different cultures, you don't know what's happening on the other side of the world. And now that we can see how other people think and behave and and their thought processes, it just kind of brings us closer together. So hopefully things will, and I know they will, I can see how things are, are changing and breaking down. And I think that's also why things are a little bit chaotic too, because mm -hmm. that masculine it, uh, energy that's rooted in fear, it's all fear-based, mm -hmm. um, is feeling that it's feeling being challenged, that it's not superior it's not more powerful um and so whenever you feel like you're losing something you just go crazy <laughs> and so mm -hmm. i think that's what we're witnessing is just that chaotic energy with i mean wars and the rioting and all i mean it doesn't look like it but i think that's what's happening it's just that breakdown of the fear of losing power and it's just i i think over time eventually maybe one day. I don't know if I'll still be here, <laughs> but hopefully we can get to a place of peace. And, you know, and I think that that's the key here, right? I think that we need to create, I think, you know, I, I, I'm a strong believer that we have to reimagine the infrastructures mm -hmm. that we, that we have created that decide who gets to be um, more powerful, mm -hmm. who, who gets to have more power, who gets to be empowered. Mm -hmm. um, and we, you know, and we need to create a more holistic um, world mm -hmm. than that, you know, and if you look at a lot of these ancient cultures, you look at, you know, native, you know, um, you know, American culture, you look at, you know, Aboriginal culture, you look at the, you know, all of these cultures that were of the earth, they had a very different way of looking at, you know, life. Mm -hmm. And they knew that, and they knew that every, every living thing, I'm going to say thing because some are souls and some are not. Um, <laughs> every, every, every living thing has a purpose and a relationship to the other. Yes. And that's the big thing that has been lost, especially since um, the industrial revolution of the last 150 years mm -hmm. that predicated that people had to fit into certain roles. Mm -hmm. Like you had, you, you were either the painter or the plumber, or you were, you know, the person that would be the farmer or the royalty, like all of these roles that we were put into and we were supposed to stay within those, those roles mm -hmm. is now being turned on its head. Like, you know, people, and especially, and it's interesting because we did this whole study on, Gen X behavior and their value system, um, millennial behavior and their value system, mm -hmm. and the Zuma 
and behavior and their their um you know their ideology and value system mm-hmm. and because we live in a workforce environment today that has all three of those ideologies in place all of a sudden we're starting to talk about things like equity and inclusion mm-hmm. and representation and social responsibility things that my generation unfortunately you know um, of the 80s weren't interested in mm-hmm. they just they just wanted to make money mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now you look at the zuma generation you know statistics show that they don't work for money mm-hmm. they 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 work for being valued right it's you know and and that alone in two different age demographics right that we all live in today mm-hmm. shows that the world is changing yes oh yes it's changing i mean it, it is and and sometimes i think that you know we have our um global identities and we have um, communal identities. And I think it's fascinating that we're in this time to see the transition. Like, okay, we remember a time where the internet was not the internet. Right. And so we're witnessing like, uh, wow, the internet is very much a part of our reality now. Like we have created something totally different but it's a reality that we all participate in and so it's like we do have that power to really shift our beliefs and our our own reality depending on you know what you believe and and what you value absolutely and i love that you mentioned the internet there lindsay because the internet and social media has absolutely changed the game today you know once upon a time the you know the powers that be determined what we were allowed to see on tv Mm -hmm. you know what we were sold through advertising um and that and that was it right Right. and celebrities were untouchable and 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 you know it it was a very different world Mm -hmm. now today Everybody is a media company because everyone has access to social media and the internet, right? Everyone gets to stand on a soapbox and say, this is who I am, this is what I believe in, and this is what I want, and this is what I don't want. Mm -hmm. That single difference of what the internet and social media has allowed us to do today compared to before is it has changed the power dynamic by putting the power into the everyday man's hand that and that's what's going to change the game so so instead of us scrambling for celebrity attention celebrities are now having to come down and meet us where we are (laughs) right right right. isn't that isn't that exactly what's happening today more relatable they have no choice because you know and and the reason is is that everyday people are now becoming celebrities right. because of because of social media. Mm-hmm. They're not as important anymore. They have no choice but to be more relatable. Mm-hmm. So so just there's so many aspects that you know are good about the internet and social media. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the, the the bad parts of it is that it is still the wild wild west. Oh yeah. People still, you know, don't have things under control. Right. And then on the flip side of that, you know, how much control should there actually be and who should have the control? Where should the control lie? Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other um, discussion. And we've seen it with Facebook and we've seen it with, you know, um, you know, Apple mm-hmm. and, and just the, the whole thing that went down there as well in terms of privacy and how much are we allowed to, you know, 
how, how much should Facebook be allowed to know about us versus, you know, how much privacy should be in the in in the decision of who we are as individuals. Yeah. So we are living in a, you know, as you rightfully said, we're living in a time that is very revolutionary. Mm-hmm. And I think the last time there was this kind of energy and, you know, astrologically, mm-hmm. you know, people talk about this as well was when they had the um, French, the time of the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. That was the last time when there was such a massive, you know, upsurge of everyday people, mm-hmm. you know, understanding that the power is actually in their hands and in that collective and not with the, you know, the elite. So it's interesting to see what's happening today mm-hmm. and, and where it will go. Yeah. And it's important to acknowledge that because when you do, then you realize to not fall into your limitations because that is the actual illusion that we yes. make so real to us is, is falling into the fear and illusion of the things we can't. And something that I've been trying to do my best on and getting better at is just focusing on my capabilities, not do I want to do right. it? I, I don't want to do it. I don't feel like doing it, but what am I actually capable of? And you realize that like, you're capable of a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just, if you just focus on what can you actually do? And if you can't do it, you can't do it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't walk outside and like, you know, fly at this moment, but <laughs> I can do a lot of other things. And so I think focusing on that instead of like the limitations and making that your reality like making your capabilities your reality. Because clearly, like humans have created the internet. We've created the internet to be what it is. So we are amazingly capable. Absolutely. And I think that you've really touched upon something that um, should be a big takeaway for, um, you know, your audience mm-hmm. here. And, and, and that is understand what you're focusing on mm-hmm. and whether that focus is actually serving your purpose in life. Yes. Right. Ask yourself that fundamental question and ask yourself that fundamental question every single week. Mm-hmm. Like reevaluate because time is the only thing you can never get back. Right. It's the only thing that you can never get back. You know, keep reminding yourself that you are, in fact, doing what you're meant to be doing. And, you know, and oftentimes people say, well, you know, the world is controlling what we're allowed to do right now. And it's interesting because even in, you know, these kind of, you know, adverse situations that we're going through right now these 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 very incredibly challenging times where we can't really plan for the future because we don't know what what the future is going to be right Mm -hmm. now right Mm -hmm. and that's and you know but even in that Lindsay there's opportunities and that's the key here right is there will always be adversity on some level or other and and that is a relative thing like we're going through it in a in a mass way, but our children, our children's children, even in times of peace, their mass thing will be relative to them. So that's the other thing to think about as well is keep things in perspective and, and you can only control what you can control. Mm-hmm. You can't control what you can't control. Right. And I know that that's a cliche, but it's 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 a cliche that people aren't paying attention to mm-hmm. today. Right. Oh, yes, absolutely. Because you, you start really trapping yourself. You start, yes. your mind will trap you. And, you know, that's when I thought about it, I was going in so deeply on this. But I was like, if you were to remove your identity and just everything about yourself, who you think you are, 
and you were to take that away, what would be left? And mm-hmm. what would be left is infinite energy, you know? Right. And it's just like really realizing, wow, like the cells that created you before you even had a body and all that energy behind that, it never turns off. Like you're sleeping, you know, you might take a nap, but your body's still working and that like never turns off. Like even before you came on this earth. And so really realizing that is like, whoa, (laughs) you really are. Like the source within you is so powerful. Absolutely. The divine energy of of the universe, right? And and we already know, we already know that the galaxy we live in is microscopic compared to mm-hmm. the exist the existing unknown galaxies. And there's so much that, you know, is out there. There is some that there's so much more, you know, greatness out there than the minutia problems that we focus right. ourselves on and you know and and the, the one exercise that i w- would love to you know leave your oh, sure. o- audience yes. with Lindsay that i feel it has been helpful with a lot of my clients is um try and focus on if you were to meet you and you haven't had the experiences that you've had mm-hmm. and if you were to meet you what would you see? What would you advise the person on without having any attachment whatsoever to their experiences? Like, what would that be? Because mm-hmm. you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised that the answers that you give are, in fact, the answers that you have spent so much of your life pretending aren't there mm-hmm. because you don't want to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Right, you don't want to listen to them. You don't want to listen to what you already know. You'll, you, I know you'll agree with me when I'm saying this, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. But you, nine out of ten times, already know the right answer. Yes, that is so true. <laughs> right. Yes. The question isn't the in the in the knowing so much as it is in the, am I willing to look at what that is actually going to mean for my life today and tomorrow Mm -hmm. it's like am I willing to do the work because come on we all know the things that are wrong yes the things that we're challenged with that we know these the knowledge part is the cheapest part of the equation Mm -hmm. it's the action part which is the most expensive part of the equation Mm -hmm. because it's time consuming and it takes a lot of energy and you have to overcome a lot of limita- limiting beliefs yes. in order to even action them. Mm-hmm. So don't, 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 you know, don't um, fake yourself into believing that you don't know the solution. Mm. Because more often than not, you do. The focus needs to be on how are you going to action it? And are you going to get yourself up, put your big girl panties on mm-hmm. and, 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 and action what you need to step into what you rightfully know is where you need to be. Right. Or or don't. Mm-hmm. But then stop complaining. Yep. Exactly. And just keeping yourself stuck in that limbo phase of just like you're wasting so much time and energy. Oh my God. And it, I know. Like, what's crazy is when you make that decision, it's instant, right? You make the decision. It did it, you know, like you spend most of your time going back and forth in your mind of rather not to do it. But when you make the decision, just do it. <laughs> like, 
exactly you exactly years <laughs> absolutely and that's and you know and that's a that's a learned thing um Lindsay. It it's it's how we're trained we are trained as a society mm -hmm. to um not accept change we are trained to be conditioned into you know into ideologies mm -hmm. that exist for one size fits all right. and there's no such thing as one size fits all there it, there's many set sides that actually fit all mm -hmm. many sides you, there's many different ways that you can get to nirvana you just need to decide which way you want to tackle mm -hmm. right and what tools do, what tools do you have already inherently within your being that are going to help you accomplish the success of that nirvana that you're trying to get to without feeling that you need to be bulldozed into the pop cultural pop cultural ideologies mm -hmm. that are telling you that this is the only way to get to nirvana right because that is fake news right right exactly because it's it's all about control you know and if, absolutely if really knew how much power they had oh goodness <laughs> no one would be able to control them how are we going to make Ab money <laughs> absolutely have you seen have you seen that um have you seen that movie called limitless i've seen I've it but it's been so long with bradley cooper yeah, that's the one yes. so that so, so that is a very interesting concept that I feel that people need to tap into. I mean, the, the movie went like way overboard towards the second half of it. But, mm -hmm. you know, the concept of, you know, if we had a pill that could open up our minds to be able to function with more of our uh, the geography that's in our brain, mm -hmm. what would we do? What would be the decisions that we make? How would life be different? And the, the other movie that also tapped into that was the movie called Lucy. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, yes, with um, Scarlett Johansson. Yes. yes. So, uh -huh. so, so again, it comes back to this whole idea of if we weren't conditioned into the box that society wants us to, you know, live in because it is beneficial to the overarching infrastructure mm -hmm. that has been created for the few to succeed and the masses to be subservient, if we weren't conditioned into that, what could life look like? What could the opportunity look like for you? Right. Yep. It, it, it's expansive. It's limited only by your conditioning right. and your fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so uncondition that. Uncondition it. Get help if you don't know how to do it. And try and find the easiest route to where you need to go to. Don't have to work as hard as you think you need to work. Mm -hmm. Find the tools you already have and understand how to utilize them to create the formula to where you need to go to. And again, I say this time and time again, if you don't know how to do that, find someone who does. Yes. Absolutely. And that's the most important thing I want people to understand that the reason why you don't have whatever it is that you're seeking is it's not because of you and it is because of you at the same time so it's not yes. because of who you are is a reason why you can't have it but it's the way that you think it's your it's your belief system that creates your reality so it's like i just want people to know that 
not focused on, well, I'm a woman or I'm this color or I'm from this place or it's because of this, 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 and that is why I don't have this. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. It's just the way our beliefs have been shaped that have created the realities that we're in. And it's so interesting that you say that, Lindsay, because what if you were taught that you don't have these limitations mm -hmm. because you're a woman? What if you were taught that you're not less than because you are black? Mm -hmm. What if you were what What if you were taught that you know if you don't speak English, you aren't you know going to be able to be successful right. in North America? Right. What if all of these things that we're taught, mm -hmm. you weren't taught? Exactly. Think about that. Like, think about the limitations mm -hmm. that you're accepting on your existence and on your life and get rid of them. Mm -hmm. and, and then you will see that whoever it is that you're looking to be, right, she, she or he has always, all, always been there. Yes. Has always been there. Mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the shroud of, um, you know, um, conditioning that is stopping us from seeing who's always been there. Right. Right. Exactly. And that, that to me is just so profound, but you know, so many of us are constantly being programmed or allowing ourselves to be programmed where you, you have whatever programming you have, you can choose to have an, a programming for abundance and positivity, or you can be programmed for negativity and fear. So you just right. choose carefully you know the people you're around and some people just so feel so attached to whether it's their you know environment their friends their family even if it's not serving them and I think they get stuck sometimes on the the illusion that they're losing parts of themselves or losing parts of what they feel comfortable with in order to to uh, transition to where they really want to be and it stunts their growth at that point but just know it's the opposite i know it's the opposite exactly energy. it's like you realize there's tons of other people and friends and other people that are a part of that other reality that are going to be so much better for you absolutely mm -hmm. and 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 honestly if you don't want to be uncomfortable you will never grow Never. yeah i hate being comfortable <laughs> like i yeah. feel i started i don't realize i started to feel like anxious like i don't mind like i, I don't want to like constantly be in this state of like you know change all of the time i want to have some stability and, and um, groundedness but if i feel like i'm just stagnant it makes me so anxious i just i, yeah. I can't take it yeah boredom is the um, greatest evil there is oh yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you either get into stuff or you you start to regress yeah absolutely mm -hmm. Because because we're always active, um, Lindsay. Our minds, our bodies, our hearts, our souls. Yes. They're they're always active. Mm -hmm. Either you know. So if we are stopped from being active, mm. there's there's other ways that that starts to materialize and, and come about. You know, different psychological states of mind. Uh, you know, negative. You know, ways that our body starts to react physically. Mm -hmm. There's you know, we get illnesses and all these different things. Right. Um, so. It's, it's, it's a whole other discussion, but a, a very interesting and insightful one, how every single aspect of who we are as humans um, is directly related to all other aspects of who we are. Like we don't, no aspect of, of us, mind, body, soul, heart, 
any of it. None of it lives in a silo. And those people who start putting them into silos, like the Industrial Revolution has done with, you know, um, modern society, mm-hmm. that's when illness happens. That's when trauma happens. That's when mental, you know, illnesses happen. That's when all of that starts to happen. And that's what we're faced with yes. in today's society. Mm-hmm. That um, imbalance is what we're all experiencing as the human race today. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And, um, you know, so much of what is shown in the media will try to tell you it's something outside of yourself, which is the lie. That's the illusion. That's the lie. That is the big lie. External that, you know, you're sick because of something external just out of nowhere you know it's all within if we really understood how that energy works and it has to keep moving it has those cycles that it goes through of replenishing itself if you're stopping that you don't think it's going to run into problems absolutely you know absolutely Yep, it's crazy. That this is like a whole nother three episodes we got going on here. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. It's a series. It, it really is. <laughs> but um, but I really, really enjoyed our conversation today. I had so much fun. Um, is there anything else you want to share? I know you also have an eleven step masterclass, correct? Yes, I do. I mean, anyone out there that is stuck in um any of the things that we've been talking about. I actually have an 11-step masterclass where I work with people one-on-one. And I also do trainings virtually to help people just get past some of these kind of conditionings. Um, And not so that, you know, we get past these conditionings and then we get conditioned into, quote-unquote, the Rajgun formula. That's not what... (laughs) That's not what this is because that's just going from one conditioning to another. Right. My my whole idea here is to, you know, give people evidence and case study based um, examples of the theories and philosophies that I feel work for our you know betterment as as humans mm-hmm. versus those that don't, so that people have the have the information to make up their own mind because I feel that honestly in order for people to truly change or to take the steps to better their life Mm -hmm. they need to be armed with the correct information and they will make the right decision so my goal is to make sure that I arm them with that information and make it easy for them to go step by step on a journey of ignorance to realization Mm -hmm. what they do with that that's going to be their journey right it's your decision. So you just need to go to the openchestconfidenceacademy.com. Go check out, um, you know, and see if there's something there that resonates with your spirit. Um, and I would love to, you know, be a part of your journey wherever you feel I may, it may be a fit for you. And if not, just join my social media. Say hello. Let's stay connected. I'd love that. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, Thank you again for everything. I really, really enjoyed our conversation today. Um, Me too, Lindsay. Thank you so much for inviting me on. This is very, very fun and insightful. And I love talking about things that are larger than the everyday. So thank you for the opportunity for taking me on that journey on your show today. Absolutely. Same here. Well, I will let you enjoy your wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for coming on. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.